Welcome, everybody. <coughs> Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. It's good to be here. And uh, we want to welcome everybody who's watching online. We had some people request that we would broadcast. So we're doing that. So we have a pretty nice group. That's why we're all sitting in the middle. We can be more together when it, it looks good on the video. Amen. So we're going to get started, but let's begin with a couple songs while everybody is finding their place. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders and wonders of his love away in a manger no crib for a bed the little lord jesus lay down his sweet head the stars in the sky look down where he lay the little lord jesus asleep on the hay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't believe it's Christmas Eve. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this year just kind of was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah. Praise the Lord. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to, uh, we're just going to have our time together last about an hour. But um, well, where's Liz? Oh, wave at me. We were going to do the, what were we going to do first? Oh, okay. We're going to do the communion first because then when we do the candle lights, we'll have the lights dim. So is that good? So here's what we'll do. Up in the front, there are two baskets. There's a basket with communion and a basket with a, uh, a light. And it's a battery light, okay? So don't, don't turn that on now, but uh, I'm going to invite you to come on up. Uh, we're going to sing one more song, and I'll invite you to come up. Get a communion. If there's somebody you want to get for in your row, then just get enough for in your row. The only thing is at the end of the night, return the lights because we'll use them each year, all right? So praise God. Let's do that. You can send a representative or you can come yourself. But in the meantime, <coughs> let's sing. Oh, come all ye faithful, Joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of angels. O come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord, for he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. For he alone is worthy. Christ the Lord. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how Jesus, because he first loved me. So good to see visitors and 
people coming back. The Orlando delegation is here tonight. We're happy to see everybody. It's so good. It kind of feels like family, doesn't it? We ought to just sit around the tree and turn the air conditioning on real cold and get some hot chocolate. <laughs> huh? That sounds like a plan. Some some warm apple cider or whatever. Yeah, you have to do it that way in Florida because otherwise it's hot, right? However, I it says that we're supposed to get down to 46 tonight. So, <coughs> so you can put your long underwear on. <laughs> oh, praise God. Now, you know, communion, we generally read the scripture where where Paul, the apostle, gave his rendition of the, of the communion because he had a perspective of knowing Jesus that the other apostles didn't have. But one of the things that he said, and of course the other apostles confirmed that Jesus said that, was Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. And remembering him is important. I heard somebody speaking the other day about everybody's got opinions about what's going on in the world today. But one thing that nobody is saying too much is that the, one of the big issues is that we have forgotten to acknowledge Jesus. He seems to not have any part of this conversation of what's going on. And when the world loses touch of Jesus, that's when we fall into problems. This do in remembrance. Communion is not something that you can just do occasionally. You ought to do this on your own. You can take communion by yourself, with your spouse. There's so much we could spend the night just talking about communion tonight. Because there's the bread and there's the wine. There's healing is just as much part of the atonement. You know what the atonement is? Jesus Christ became the atonement. Healing, it... Friends, listen to this. This is, a, this is something that even I have a difficulty, not a difficulty, I know it's true, but yet putting it into practice. You know how, e how easy it is to lead a person to salvation in Jesus Christ, right? Believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. That's pretty easy because he did all the work, right? But it ought to be just as easy for our healing as it is for our salvation. Because it's by his stripes that we were healed. And so healing come, even came before this, the atonement, before salvation. So when we partake of the bread, it's not just the bread. It is partaking of the Lord's body, which was broken for you. So when we take of this bread... There's something about this that is a mystery to us because Jesus said when, you're, when he taught the disciples how to pray, to pray, he said, give us this day our daily bread. We need, we need our daily nourishment. And the bread that we partake is his body. That's a mystery. Some people can't handle that, so they shy away from it. But Jesus said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. Well, we can't understand that. But when we partake of this bread, we partake of what he did for us. And we take his life into us and it becomes part of our, it literally becomes then part of our life, part of our blood, part of our DNA. So as you take of this bread tonight, and you can take it, it's on one end of your one end of the, we'll leave the juice for later. Jesus said is off when he, at, at the last supper, he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's suffering till he comes. Let's take this bread and let's bless it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that you so loved the world that you gave your son, Jesus, and we partake of him right now. We partake of that redeeming, that healing that you provided to us through your son, Jesus. 
So, Lord, now as we receive your body, I pray in the name of Jesus that in this very room, provision for our healing will take place. And, Lord, I pray that as we partake of this bread, that not just the healing for our bodies, but we take it vicariously for those who we know who are suffering and hurting today. In the name of Jesus, may your healing be poured out as much as your salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Shall we partake of this bread together? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your gift of healing. In Jesus' name. And in like manner, or after the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, this is the new covenant of my blood. As often as you drink this cup in remembrance of me, you do show my death until I come. This blood, you know, at one time I, I kind of thought, well, I need to be washed. I need to be flooded in this blood. But all through the scripture, you just discover that it was the sprinkling of the blood. Just a drop of his blood. It's so effectual. Hallelujah. We haven't been redeemed by silver and gold, which the Bible says are corruptible in comparison to the blood. Now, I worked for a funeral home for a lot of years, and I know that blood is very corruptible, and it's, it's actually very unpleasant. But the, so in human terms, blood is a very corruptible substance, and silver and gold is actually lifelong. But he sa Jesus said, you've not been... You've not been redeemed by corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, which in, in heavenly terms is more incorruptible than the most incorruptible things of earth. His blood down through the ages will never corrupt. And when you partake of it, it literally cleanses you of all your unrighteousness. Amen? Now, how many here are believers in Jesus? You've received him as your Lord and Savior. He lives in your heart. But how many of you have family members, loved ones, who are not where they are supposed to be? Would you do something with me tonight? Let's take this communion for them. And may 2021 be a year that we see people that are the lost sheep come back to the fold in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we receive this blood, we thank you for your, the blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You became our sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. And Lord, tonight we partake of this blood, not just for our sins, but Lord, I pray right now for those who are loved by us and by you that are outside of the fold. I pray that tonight it will be this year will be the year when the lost sheep come home. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Shall we partake of the cup together? Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of G that washes white as snow. All right. Do you guys have these amazing little lights here? I'm going to ask. Oh, Ken is Ken is picking up the cups. That's really amazing. Thanks, Ken. That way they won't get spilled. So I'm going to ask for... Um, our technical people to dim the lights and 
as long as you just give me enough so I can see. And Stephanie will give us some technical information. Isn't that nice? We don't have to worry. What would you like us to do, Steph? Do you want something brighter or darker? All right. Thank you, Jesus. So I'm going to read from the book of Luke. Chapter number two. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. Some things never change, do they? Politicians want to just make life miserable. They've been doing it since Jesus' day. And it's still the same today. <laughs> but hallelujah, Jesus knows when to come. In the middle of chaos, a baby is born that changes everything. Amen? Joseph also went up from Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were the day, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. A long time ago, when I was a boy, I had some relatives that lived up north, and they lived on a farm. And I remember I used to love visiting the farm. It's nice to visit a farm. But working on a farm is a whole different story, isn't it? But one thing I remember about the farm is I'd love to go out to the barn with, the, with my cousins. But on the way out to the barn, the path that led to the barn was the same path the cows traveled. And so I discovered something as a city boy that you can ruin a good pair of shoes on your way out to the barn. Especially, especially when you're going there right after the cows went. And it's a, a barn is not a pleasant place. It really looks good in a manger scene. But in actuality, a barn is a filthy place. You've got the cows, the sheep, chickens. Chickens are not clean either, you know. The smells, all that kind of stuff. It was in such a place that Jesus came. Now in Bethlehem, Bethlehem was right next to Jerusalem, about as far away, actually a little bit closer, but about the same distance as Port Charlotte is from Punta Gorda. And they used to raise, the priests, the Jewish priests would raise all the lambs and stuff that was used for sacrifices in Bethlehem. And then they would transport them on Passover to the city, and then the people would buy the lambs so they can use them in a sacrifice. So it was a quite a racket, you know. You buy your lamb, then you give it to the priest, and then the priest sacrifices it, and he takes the meat and he sells it later. So you kind of, they're making money both ways. But it was in Bethlehem that they had not just shepherds in the field like you see in Bible stories, but there were professional shepherds that were raising animals for the temple. So there were these stockyards, and it was in such a place that Jesus was born, the Lamb of God born with all the other sacrificial lambs. Nothing is lost in the story of, the, of Christmas. Here's Jesus born in the same place that all the sacrificial lambs were born. Lambs are born about once a year. This is what I have heard. I don't know if it's true because I'm not a farmer. But those lambs then, when they're a year old, are taken to the temple and sacrificed. So it was among those baby lambs that the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world was born. Isn't that an amazing thing? But it was nevertheless, even though they were sacrificial, that did not make the stables any more pleasant. And it was that un 
pleasant atmosphere into which the promise was born. Sometimes it's right in the middle of your most unpleasant experience that hope is born. Never despise what you're going through. God has something in store for you. He always knows how to make beauty out of ashes. He knows how to make strength out of weakness. Whatever you're going, it's when you discover that you're at your wit's end that he shows up and shows himself mighty. Amen? And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord... It doesn't say there were other angels, but the angel of the Lord is a special title given to the angel of the Lord. Now, I don't understand because in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord showed up in a lot of places, and those were called epiphanies, revelations of Jesus appearing in the Old Testament. And here, the angel of the Lord shows up at Jesus' birth and makes a declaration and says... Uh, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the multitude of heavenly hosts, with, there were, and suddenly there was with them a, the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let's go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass which the Lord has made known unto us. And you see why it wasn't difficult for them is because they knew exactly where to go. They were shepherds. They went back to the stockyard. They went back to the place where the sheep were kept. And I'm not saying it were modern stockyards like we have today. It was probably rustic places, caves, and, and different places that they kept them. And they came with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Now I want you to just, if you probably don't have your Bible with you, so I'll have the technicians take you to the book of John. Because in the book of John, there is an amazing verse, group of verses here that I love so much. And it says, in the beginning was the word. This is John chapter one. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Now, these are two Greek words that you may or may not know. In him was life, that's the word Zoe. There's some people that actually named their kids Zoe, isn't that something? That's not a bad word. That means life. But the life of God is the light, and that is the Theos, P H O S. Phos of men, phios of men. God's life is your light. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shined in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, I just want to try something. To the best of your ability, if you can get things back to where they are right now, Thomas, I want you to turn off all the lights, except obviously for the Christmas tree and the screen, but can you just turn all the lights off? Don't forget to turn them back, because Stephanie's still trying to record. Now, just lift up your light. Now, do you notice, isn't that cool? Now, do you notice what we did? We told those technicians to turn the lights off. Um, 
when you turn lights off, you have to use a switch to turn the light off, right? And no matter how dark it is, it, to light, it just seems brighter and brighter all the time. When you come into a, into a room, you turn on the light switch. You never come into a room and turn on the dark switch, do you? That you always either turn the light switch on or the, darks or the light switch off. But you never come into a room and turn off or on a dark switch. Because darkness doesn't have any strength or ability in itself. Now you can go ahead and bring things back to the way they were. That's pretty bright. <laughs> maybe, maybe back to where it was before. Because everything in the world is in the light. Everything that we know about that's in the world operates in the light spectrum. There's a spectrum, a scientific thing that you studied about. And in the light spectrum are, is even sound. But there are, there are alpha, beta, gamma rays. There's infrared light. There's all different kinds of things. The only thing is that you and I do not have the capacity to detect everything that's there. Our eyes can only see within a small range of light. Now there's some animals that have the ability to see a little bit more and there's instrumentation that allows us to see more. But then there's also in the light spectrum there are waves and you get into sound waves. All of that stuff exists in this room. It's just that we don't have the ability we don't have the machinery to detect it, but it's nevertheless there. Don't you agree? And you know that, that's just by science. We know that kind of thing, just from elementary school science, you learned all that stuff. That's just what mankind knows about. What must there be that man does not know about that God has? Do you know the Bible says, eye has not seen, well, that's not hard to believe, there's a lot of things our eyes haven't seen. And it says, ears haven't heard. That's beyond our ability to hear. But do you know that radio waves, that's part of the light spectrum, they are in this room, right? It, but we can't hear them. I'm sort of glad because then you couldn't hear me. But actually, you know, you can't even see what I'm saying to you, but you can hear it because it's moving through the air. It's actually moving little molecules at the speed of sound. Eye has not seen, ear has heard, not heard, and it hasn't even entered into the heart of man. Now, isn't that interesting that that is used in the same kind of a description of seeing and hearing because it's talking about now thoughts. Isn't that amazing? Because God speaks to us at the speed of thought. He doesn't speak to us at the speed of sound or light, but he speaks to us at the speed of thought. Neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. God has things in store for you that are beyond your capacity to even understand. Hallelujah. If living without Jesus is living way beneath what his intention is for our life. Isn't that something? The light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. Darkness has no comprehension of light. You can go into outer space and it's totally dark in outer space, right? But as soon as you stick your hand out the window to where the sun is, your hand will, will light up. Why? Because light is reflecting off your hand, but it was in the, in the atmosphere the whole time. The light is in the darkness, but the darkness has no comprehension of it. There are other places in the scripture that says the darkness could not extinguish it. Light shines in darkness. You may be in a dark place in your life right now, but the light of God is shining in the middle of your darkness, even though your darkness has no comprehension of it. But if you will step into the light, and let the light of his love reflect off of you, you'll understand there is light here. I'm just, I just haven't been able to see it. But he's there in the middle of the deep, dark valley that you're going through. Jesus is there. 
Hallelujah. What an amazing thing about Christmas. Darkness can't extinguish it. Darkness can't comprehend it. Darkness has no power over light. Hallelujah. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came for a witness to bear witness of that light. That is the, that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light that lights every man that comes into the world and woman. He was in the world, not John, but Jesus, the light, was in the world. The world was made by him, but yet the world knew him not. He came to his own, and his own received him not. However, in the middle of all those unbelievers and unreceivers, there were some who received him, and the ones who received him, he gave to them power to become the sons of God. He gives, you the, he gives you everything you need to be what you need to be. If you'll just believe. You don't, have to, you don't have to be an expert in this. You don't have to go to school. You just have to believe. Hallelujah. That, that's a wonderful thing to me because I never did like school. But I love the fact that Jesus shows up and he doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. In, to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Not people that are born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but a whole different type of birth. Born of God. Not by blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. The word was made flesh. The word was made flesh. Remember chapter, verse number one, the word was God and the word became flesh. Let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, especially at this Christmas time, the word God desires to become flesh again. Not this time in Jesus, but you. He wants to become flesh in you. He wants you to be born again. Not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but born of God. That's what he said to Nicodemus. He said to Nicodemus, we always say you must be born again, but really what it means is you must be born from above. You and I can receive a totally different birth. It's not one that we can participate in or even see in fleshly terms, but it's a supernatural birth. Do you know that the things that we're going through in the world today are as supernatural, are, are supernatural things. These are not normal things that are going on in the world today. That's why they don't make any sense to you. Because what's happening is a, it's something that's happening on a supernatural plane. So in order to be able to, in order to be able to survive in that kind of an atmosphere, you need to be born into a different family, born from above. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's who Jesus was. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Two of the things that are lacking in the world today. People are not gracious and they're not truthful. That's the truth. <laughs> That really is the truth. There's no graciousness. There's no truth. But he is full of grace and truth. And when you're born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but when you're born of God, then you become a vessel of grace and truth to the world. And it's in interesting because he usually we think of a vessel in terms of something that can contain or hold a material so that we can transport it from one place to another. But God desires to make you a vessel that leaks and he continually fills it. But you leak so that others may receive the blessing that you're full of. Amen? Anything that stays stagnant in a vessel 
you know what happens in mud puddles, right? Things grow in there that ought not to be. But as soon as water begins to flow through there, all the yuck goes away. You and I need to be something that's constantly being overflowed. That's why Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You need to be a place that flows. Not, don't keep it to yourself. Let it go, amen? You don't want to get stagnant. I heard, uh, I heard Dan Betzer say one time, he's the pastor in Fort Myers, every healthy body needs an elimination system. And that's, I know that's not applicable necessarily to this, but the point is that if, you, if nothing ever flows from you, you become stagnant and diseased and unhealthy. Amen? So, this word was made flesh and it was full of grace and truth. John was a witness to that and he cried saying, this was he who I spoke of. He that is coming after me is preferred before me for he actually was before me. And of this fullness have all we received, grace for grace. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth, there it is again, came by Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't you love Jesus tonight? Aren't you thankful for what he did for you? He is so good to us. He is so good to us. Now, we don't know what tomorrow holds for each one of us. Every time we get together on a Christmas Eve like this, the dynamics of it always change. There are people who were with us last year that are not here this year. They've moved away or they've done other things. Some have passed on. But you know what? You being here tonight is not an accident. In fact, I'll tell you something else. The very configuration or positioning of the people in this room tonight is something that you thought you orchestrated and you just happened to sit with who you're sitting with. But you know that's not an accident either. God knew where you would be tonight and he has put you with people who you need. You need close to you. There's something about it. You know, we all moved to the middle tonight. In fact, we, I see Dolores back there. We want to get her. Because, do you know what? There's something that you don't know. There's something about you that you don't know. And that is that you give off in the spirit. You give off in your spirit. Your spir the spirit, the Bible talks about that his spirit bears witness with our spirit. But your spirits bear witness with each other. You think that I'm getting weird on you? Let me, let me give you an example of what I mean. When Mary walked into Elizabeth's house, they were both pregnant. And, but when, they, when Mary walked into Elizabeth's house, John, who was in Elizabeth's tummy, leaped because he recognized the presence in the spirit of another person Jesus in Mary's womb and he was filled with the Holy Ghost and when he was filled with the Holy Ghost his mother was filled with the Holy Ghost do you see what happened there that was a supernatural spirit bearing witness with other spirits and there's something going on here tonight that is a fellowship of the Holy Spirit this fellowship of your spirit with one another isn't that wonderful and so we need each other. This, this gathering together tonight is a divine gathering. It's not an accidental gathering. It's not just something that you said, well let's, well, let's go over there for that. Let's go over there for that Christmas Eve service. No, you are here on purpose. You might think you came accidentally, but God knew you would show up. And he has something in store for you tonight. Maybe it's something that somebody else will say to you. Maybe it's something that I'll say. Maybe it's just the feeling that you get. But God has designed this night to bring something into your life, to be birthed in you, to be birthed in you that wasn't there before. There's literally supernatural spirit 
show if I can use the term conception that's taking place in this place today, tonight. Because Jesus is planting something in you that didn't exist before and he wants it to grow. He wants it to grow. Oh, there's so much. I need to stop talking so much. But I want to sing that one song with you before we turn our lights on and turn these little candle lights off. I want to sing that song with you again that we sang a little earlier, and that is, Oh, How I Love Jesus. Would you do that one with me again? <coughs> oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. Are you close enough to each other to touch somebody? I want you to just put your hand on somebody's shoulder somebody nearby, and I want you to ask them, is there something that you need God to do for you this year? Just ask them, is there something, they don't have to tell you what it is, just ask them, is there something that you want God for, to do for you this year? Is there? Now you know what God knows? I think, there, I think all of us do. I, I want some, God to do some things for me this year that are amazing. Amen? Now, the Bible says that if he, he talks about the importance of laying hands on one another. And I don't know how this works. I don't understand it. But I think, in, I, I think that God must use the laying on of hands to communicate or transmit to different people. I mean... Even electricity doesn't work unless you touch two wires together, right? So I think that there's something happening in the spirit. So what I want you to do tonight is I don't want you to pray for yourself, but I want you to pray for the person next to you. You don't know what it is they need, but I want you to ask God to do something that is so mind-boggling. I want you to pray impossible things over them. Pray something that is so impossible over them that it would take God to answer it because God loves to do impossible things do you know why because with God nothing is impossible so there's no boundaries so you can pray something that's impossible to you but it's highly possible to him wouldn't you like for instance this is just a for instance wouldn't you like once and for all for all of this COVID stuff to be so wiped out in this world People talk about it as if it was the Spanish flu back in 1919. Long ago, there was this thing that hit the whole world. I want, there's got to be a day when that stops, doesn't there? How about today? Is, is, is there something wrong with today? Or does it have to be, you know, after the next election or something? No, I think it's got nothing to do with that. It's got something to do with God. But you see how impossible of a prayer that is? I want you to pray, pray something that's just as impossible over the person next to you. That their financial status would reverse this year. That all their lost sheep would come home. That their finances, they would prosper. That, you know, just pray impossible things. Would you do that? I'm going to pray that for you, and I want you to pray that for the person next to you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that this new year, 2021 will be a year that supernatural things will happen. People's lives will change forever. They will look back on 2020 and say that was a year that things were really going for a nosedive, but God changed it for me. I pray, Lord, that sicknesses will disappear from people's bodies. Terminal sicknesses will vanish from people's lives. I pray that people who are bedridden would get up out of their beds. I pray, Lord, for people whose finances are totally a wreck would be reversed in such a way that they would become so prosperous that they could give away in Jesus' name. I pray for prosperity and blessing to come into people's lives. Lord, I pray for people who have children or loved ones who are totally messed up in such a way that, that, that 
their life is so hopeless because they've done stupid things and made wrong decisions. I pray in Jesus' name that those people will be so changed this year that they will not even look the same as they were. People won't even recognize them because it'll even change their physical appearance. In Jesus' name, I pray for deliverance of people who are bound by sin to be set free. I pray for addictions that people have fallen into, whether legitimately or illegitimately, that those addictions will be broken off of people's lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for our city, for our nation, for our world, that you will become the King of kings and Lord of lords. I pray for a supernatural outpouring of your Holy Spirit across this nation. I pray that you'll your spirit will be poured out in every church in this nation, in every neighborhood. Lord, your, Jesus, you said your spirit would be poured upon all flesh, not religious flesh, not Christian flesh, but upon all flesh. And I pray that this year will be a manifestation of the outpouring of your Holy Spirit in this world in such a way that the devil is confused and in confusion and has to leave because he finds no place to land and to put his feet in Jesus' name. I pray that. I pray that supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Over every person in this room, over every person that they represent, over their family, over their circle of influence, I pray, Lord, for people who have spouses that are, that are just not the way they ought to be. I pray, Lord, that you'll straighten out messed up marriages. I pray that you'll redeem spouses that have been acting and doing things irregularly, that they will be changed, and the chains that have been binding them will be broken in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. May you, Lord, become born again, born into each one of us. May this be a Christmas above all Christmases. May the word become flesh. <laughs> May the word become flesh, not just in Jesus, but in, in our flesh. Move into us, Lord. Make, your, make us your dwelling place. The habitation, the home, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. I pray this for myself, for my family, for this church, for every member or adherent or anybody that comes to this church and their families and all who are afar off in the name of Jesus. I pray that countries will reopen. I pray that, that people will not be limited and restricted. I pray that eco the economies will shift. I pray that even those who are in authority will, will come into their right mind and it and be under the influence of spiritual principalities that are godly and not ungodly. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you agree with me, say amen. 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 All right, let's turn the big lights back on, and, and you can turn your little ones. You can turn your little ones off. Now, I'm going to do something here just before we close. And I'm going to speak a blessing over you, all right? Amen. But <clears throat> I'm going to I'm going to pick I'm going to pick three people. So be ready because I'm going to pick three people as the Lord leads me to give maybe a 30-second or a 1-minute something that's on their heart to say, all right? So I'm going to pick Liz as one of them. I'm going to pick Dwight Jr. as another one. And I'm going to pick um, Paul as the third one. <coughs> All right? Ladies first. You've got to give God glory and praise for something that's been just, that Lord's going to put on your heart. You may not even know what it is until you get here. Liz, would you come first? A good word for everybody that's here tonight. Well, I always want to give the Lord um, the honor due to him, but you are in so much trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not afraid. <laughs> oh, God is so good. 
And I, if anything, I would just say to you probably something that you hear me say over and over again, and that is the Lord has a wonderful plan for your life. Mm -hmm. You are special to him. Yes. You are his favorite. Yes. You are his favorite, every one of you. I just love to say that because people look at me like I have two heads. But it's true. Only God can do that. If you think of somebody's favorite and realize that that's how special you are to God, he really loves you that much. And he really has a wonderful plan for your life. It's not over yet. It's not even close to over yet. I don't care how old you are. We've got, we've got young and we've got old and we've got middle-aged in this room. I don't care what your age is today. God has a beautiful future for you. He has a plan. He has a plan more amazing than you ever thought. There's doors that will, be, that will open to you this year. And the biggest thing is for you to not only believe it, but to partner with him in that. In your mind, turn your mind over to him. And every time it starts to go off the path and say, yeah, but the facts are this, bring yourself back. To the truth there are facts but there's truth get back to the truth every time you start to to stray away oh the facts they're going to eat me alive you know i mean we all have stuff right if you don't have stuff take your pulse because we all have stuff there's things going on in every one of our lives in our families in our friends in our in our own selves that, that we have to deal with and that we have to grow and that we have to let the Lord walk us through. Don't think that there's something weird going on if that's happening to you. In fact, if it's not happening to you, there's always tomorrow. <laughs> and it's okay because that's how we grow. And he walks through it with us. So I just want to encourage you that way. Thank you. That's good. Yes. That's good. And I love you, Liz. Paul, get up here. Now, she used up 15 seconds of yours. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to say, but you have something to say. Well, praise the Lord. We're here all tonight. Um, I'm thankful that, uh, believe it or not, I've prayed about my van. I know that's kind of crazy, but the dipstick tube broke. I thought there was no oil in it. So I went and bought me another thing of oil, thinking I ran the car out of oil. Well, come to find out, I said, man, the, the car only holds five quarts of oil. That was five quarts. There's nothing on the dipstick. So I prayed and I prayed. I said, Lord, I've, I've slaved away on this van. I'm trying to m make it work for m four more years. So I crawl under the creeper, get my creeper out, crawl under there, and I see, oh, no wonder. <laughs> The dipstick is out of the tube, out on the outside of the engine block. <laughs> so, my whole oil pan is filled all the way up to the heads. So, I have to drain all the oil out. And I said, praise the Lord, hallelujah, at least it wasn't the motor. <laughs> Amen. Oh, praise God. There's hope for dipsticks. All right. Come on, Dwight. Okay, so we'll start with what Mary said. My soul does magnify the Lord. Amen. This is the evangelist in me, but I'm going to tell you that light. You see that light? You are the light of the world. There are people out there waiting for you to shine. Jesus has spoken to me recently, and he said, uh, you know, you love me, you keep my commandments. And he said, love is relational. And he said, the union and the covenant that we understand that we have with Christ, we have that with each other. And we need to understand that, that we, everything that is mine is yours and everything that's yours is mine, that we share this together. We're in this together. We are the body of Christ. People are waiting to see Christ in you. They're waiting to have an experience with the living God because he lives in you. You are the light of the world. You are shining as lights and that God wants to use you. It's not for certain people. It's not for certain places. It's for everywhere you go. Don't discount the power of a seed. 
the seed is planted, someone comes and waters. If we're all working together, one plants, one waters. God gives the increase. We all work together. Someone reaps where someone else sowed. We all reap together. We all are joyful together. It's not one person uh, receiving the reward. We all receive the reward together. And the parts of the body that are seen less receive higher honor. And the parts of the body that are seen more and need less honor they don't need as much honor. So I honor you and I bless you and I tell you that there are people out there that are lost, that are hurting, that you might pass by every day and you might not even know. You might think, oh, you might feel uncomfortable. Just step out, even if you start with Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life because it's the truth. God wants to use you. You're amazing. Step out. Go after it. God is in you. He is for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. This is the promise of God. God is in us. He is with us, and we are together in this. So let's get out there together. I bless you, and thank you. It's good to see you, Dwight. Yes, good to see you. Amen. All right, so I'm going to just speak a blessing over you as we get ready to dismiss and go our way. Father, we thank you for this time that we've had together. I was right in the middle of my prayer, so let me set, finish my prayer, all right? Yeah. Father, I just praise you. I just praise you for your goodness. I thank you for this time of the year. Hallelujah. Be born again in us, in, new, in folks this year who have never experienced your birth. And we be, may we become that instrument in which new birth comes. In Jesus' name. And I still want to bless you. So, Ken, go quick. Thank you, Pastor. And I am sorry for interrupting. I, I, I ran across a couple of verses and put them together in a new way. And I thought this is probably for somebody. And maybe it, it helped me. I thought... That probably is for somebody here tonight as well. Um, but I think most of you probably are aware of the passage. I think it's in James. It says, God cannot be tempted and neither does he tempt anyone else. But I ran uh, across another verse that says that we as Christians are partakers of the divine nature. Thomas, would you put that up for us, please? In 2 Peter 1.4. You, as a Christian, are, be, are a partaker of the divine nature. And if we can harvest that and those two scriptures together, God can, through his Holy Spirit in your life, can make you immune from temptation, immune from the uh, fiery darts of Satan, immune from anything evil that is thrown at you. And I think this would just be like the next step of growth in my life and hopefully in yours as well. Amen. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Ken. And now, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You shall bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither, and whatsoever you do will prosper. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and who is able to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and honor and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen and amen. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas tomorrow. In Jesus' name, love one another as you go from this place.